Well, it's good to be in church tonight, and I did want to mention two other <clears throat> requests, and I appreciate um, Coleman mentioned those tonight, but uh, I was with Miss Barbara and Raymond today for a minute, and they told me to tell those of you that know them, it's been a long time since they've been able to come to church, um, but that they, they definitely miss being here, but do be in prayer for both of them, um, just with some health issues, her physical therapist was coming by um, as I was leaving, and then just both of them, um, major stuff going on, and they are uh, part of the backbone of this place that helped hold this place together for many years, and when I got here, Raymond was our sound man, and um, literally they would get here um, two hours before, on Wednesday they'd be here about three o'clock to unlock everything and just sit here and hang out and then on Sunday mornings they were the first one here for years that unlocked and took care of the property and so forth but it was good to see them but please keep them in um, prayer um, if you would if you think about that um, they've just been a blessing to our church and then of course Bill and Betty if y'all would uh, continue to keep them in prayer as well um, tonight as we close out uh, these these eight weeks. I've enjoyed it. Our family conference that we had last month was a blessing. The different men um, that preached and taught. And then just the last couple weeks, um, of course, last week we didn't um, have Wednesday night with our revival, but it was definitely a blessing. We look forward to that already again um, next year. Um, but tonight I want to just uh, want us just to focus on a, a topic tonight that I think could be very helpful um, for us. We are living in some times where uh, when it comes to, to work, when it comes to life, uh, people are just lazy. Have y'all figured that out? When it comes to everybody I talk to, we've got business owners sitting in here tonight. We've got people that are supervisors in here tonight. It's hard to find people that want to work. Everywhere you go, um, there's people are hiring, and it's making it harder on everybody else um, because everybody's hiring. Nobody, everybody wants something for nothing. Everybody uh, wants to get paid for doing nothing, it seems like, in the culture um, that we're living in. Um, people are lazy. Not only are people lazy, people are procrastinators and want to put things off. And uh, if you do hire somebody, and you guys know this, and I know Christians in the workplace, we should be the hardest workers in the workplace. We should be leaving it all on the court and doing it for the glory of God. And I want to speak tonight on this subject just for a minute tonight through Scripture. And we're going to be all over the Bible. We're not going to go to one text and work through it. As, as like we normally would, uh, but I want to talk about this subject I think would be important for us when it comes to stewarding life, is this idea and this thought of diligence, just simply being diligent. If we were to define diligent, it would be a couple, couple things I wrote down here, is to do something carefully and to do something accurately. To do something carefully and to do something accurately. Um, something else I wrote down is this, to do something speedily with haste and with urgency. Those are two things that if we were to say diligent, man, kind of maybe give us what that looks like. And now all of us want people that work with us or work for us to do it that way, don't we? Man, to do it with haste, to do it carefully, to do it accurately. Maybe just put it this way. To do something right. Isn't that a blessing when somebody just does something right? And uh, so this is important because this is a biblical principle. We're going to look at probably 30 different verses tonight that talk about diligence. I think of Paul as he's writing to Timothy and he's uh, closing out that second letter in 2 Timothy chapter number 4, verse number 2. You know, you know the verse. It says, preach the word, be instant. Y'all remember that passage? In season and out of season. And Barnes said this about that passage. 
The meaning here is that he should be constant in this duty. Literally to stand by or to stand fast by. That is, he was to be pressing or urgent in his performance of this work. He was always to be at his post and was to embrace every opportunity, making known the gospel. What Paul seems to have complicated was not merely that he should perform the duty as stated at regular times, but that he should press the matter as one who had the subject much at heart and never loses an opportunity of making the gospel known. And you know, as Christians and as believers, all of us, and I know that passage is talking to Timothy to be instant in season, out of season, to preach the word. You know, all of us are to be instant and to be diligent when it comes to our study and to being in the word, to be preaching the gospel. And I just want to ask you this real quickly as we begin to get into this. When it comes to the gospel, are you diligently, and am I diligently preaching to the gospel? Are we doing it with haste, with speed? In with urgency. You say, Jake, why would that be important? Well, there's a young man, even this past week, Stephen, when did he get killed on that motorcycle? This past Saturday, who actually, I looked back and I didn't realize this, he had sat in our church before and been here either for a sportsman's banquet or for a special service. And man, life, how old was he, Stephen, just this past week? He'd have been 38. He's many of our age in here. Man, that's a young man. Man, that's why things like that remind us, man, we've got to be sharing the gospel speedily urgently and with haste. Man, it ought to be something as a believer. Man, that's one thing just right off the bat, and we're, we're going to come back to that a little bit. We ought to be diligent daily in sharing the gospel. Man, something else that we wrote down under this. So the first two are to do something carefully and accurately, to do something speedily with haste and with urgency, and then to do something with force and might. Ephesians 6.10 Paul wrote this again. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Man, doing things in the doing things in the Lord's power. So here's just a quick definition of being diligently before we really get into the Bible study: is to do something carefully and accurately, to do something speedily with haste and urgency, and to do something with force and might. Wouldn't it be awesome if all the people that worked for you, that worked with you, did things that way? Man, that's a lost thing in our world, isn't it? Man, it's a lost thing in the world, especially our American culture. Man, we look around, nobody wants to work hard. Man, every, everybody wants a handout. Everybody wants something for nothing. And I've learned this along the way. Anything that's that easy to get isn't worth anything. Because hard work's what produce things that are actually worth something. People want somebody else to, you know, we live in a world really that's self-reliant. They're, they're not self-reliant. They're relying on the government. They're relying on the church. They're relying on everybody else for everything. And listen, as believers, we need to be diligent in all of our work and everything we have to do. And this is what happens a lot of times. If we're not careful, we're all guilty of this in, in certain ways. I want you to listen to me because this, this point's important. A lot of times what we do is we compartmentalize our life, okay? We have our home life, we have our church life, we have our work life. Those are just three. And if we're not careful, we'll only think that our church life is the spiritual part of our life. <laughs> but we must understand that all of life is spiritual, either good or bad. Your work life, it's spiritual, whether you believe it or not or realize it or not. Your home life has a spiritual aspect to it or better. 
And it does either a good one or a bad one, just like your work life does, and your church life. So these are principles that we're going to give tonight, and we're going to talk through straight from the Word of God. Listen, they, 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 are, they are applicable in every area of our life. There are ten specific areas, and there's actually in Scripture a whole lot more, but there are ten specifically that I just want to give you quickly tonight that uh, we are commanded and the Bible specifically speaks of being diligent in. Man, some things that as believers and as Christians and as followers of Jesus that we must be diligent in. And understand this, the Christian life, it, it is, when it comes to prayer, when it comes to ministry, it's hard work. Listen, it's something that's got to, it takes effort. Man, it takes emotional strength. It takes spiritual strength. It takes physical strength. And there's ten areas here for, I want to just give you that, and we're, for, for sake of time, we're just going to look at ten of them tonight, but there's a lot more. And the first one um, that I wrote down is this, that we need to be, uh, that we need to be diligent, and is the first one, real simple, is in God's commandments. We need to be diligent in the things that God commands. In uh, Joshua chapter number 22, it's, it talks about this when it comes to the law of God, referring to that Old Testament law, and for us, the Word of God, it says this. But take diligently, diligent heed, and notice the next two words, to do, okay, action. The, the, the commandment and the law which Moses, the servant of the Lord, charged you to love the Lord your God and to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and to cleave unto him and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. Man, here, everybody right up here. This is a direct command to the people of God at this time to do those things that you know to do. And you know what happens to us after we've been in church in a little while? We're focused on a lot of things that aren't clear and we don't know what to do when we're not even doing the things we know we should do. Does that make sense? I mean, we, I know people who will focus on all these weird things, these, these things that aren't clear in Scripture, that are so consumed with you know this and that. A good place for us to start in our walk with God, is with the things that we know we're supposed to do. Those things that are clear-cut, where the Bible says, Thus saith the Lord. God's commandments. Man, we should be doing them diligently. When you know what God wants you to do, man, that should be the starting point. That should be something that you are diligent about. You should, be, you should make it a priority. Maybe use this word here. You should be deliberate about the things that you know God wants you to do. And I want you to ask yourself this question tonight. Are you diligent about the things that you know God wants you to do? Are you diligent about them? Do you deliberately do the things that you know God wants you to do? That word deliberate is such an important word. Because if we're not careful, we can just coast through life. We can just float through life without being diligent on the things that God actually has. Listen, so... When we think about being diligent, it says here to know the law. So if we're going to know the law, what are we going to have to be diligent about? Our Bible study. Our Bible reading. Man, when we look at them, we are to study them and we are to meditate on them. Do you know, nowhere in the Bible will you find where it says and I, that you, it, God blesses Bible reading? You won't find that. Challenge, go look for it. But you know what it does say? He does bless Bible meditating. You ever found yourself where you read through your stuff and you check it off? You don't even know what you read and you don't even think about it all day? 
Is anybody, am I the only one that's ever done that before? Man, one of the things I want to encourage you to do is get deliberate when you're in there. Lord, I need something to meditate on today. Man, I need something to think about today. I need something to play over in my head. A matter of fact, is it Psalm 1? Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor seateth in the seat of the scornful. But in, in somewhere in there it says this, but in his loss how he meditate day and night. It's talking about being the blessed man, the whole chapter. And it says that's what the blessed man does. Man, he meditates on the word. So I want to ask you this. Are you diligently studying and digging in the Word of God. For us, this is the Wednesday night church. This is core group people. This is, this is stuff that shouldn't, we, this shouldn't be up for debate for those of us sitting in this room tonight. We should be people that are diligently digging in the Word of God. We live in days where there's no excuse not to be in the Word. Your phone will read you God's Word. Isn't that awesome? Man, if... Maybe if you're like me and you got a case of the ADDs real bad, which mama told me what fixes that, and it's called a belt. Somebody help. I'm just kidding. Don't repeat that. Take that off the live stream. Yes, repeat that. Okay. Man, but I have a, you know, I get distracted real easy. Anybody else do that? You get distracted, you get in the word, and all of a sudden my, I'm, I see a squirrel, and guess where I'm looking at? I'm looking at the squirrel. My mind's a thousand miles from here. Listen, it's awesome. You can get James Oral Jones to read you the Bible. You can. And it's awesome, man, in the Darth Vader's voice, read you the Bible. Listen, there is no excuse in the day that we live in with the technology and with all that's going on. Man, I had a day the other day, and I used the version app, and I had my streaks. I don't even remember how high they were, but I was so happy. Do you all know what I'm talking about? Like, you, you, every day you, you open the Bible app, you get a streak. And for some reason, and I'd done my Bible reading. I don't know if it was a... I don't know if it was a glitch or what, but guess what happened? My streak started over, and I was depressed, you know. But that's a personal accountability thing, isn't it? And that's why I would encourage you. Use an app like that. Here's the, here's the point on this first one. Be diligent to get in the Word every single day. I mean, it, that's, what we're, that's what takes us from being a person that has to come and be fed. And we need that milk, don't we? We need somebody to feed us. Man, it's awesome when we take that next step and we sit down at the table. And you've heard me give the illustration. And we go from having mom and daddy or preacher or somebody else feeding us to sitting down at the table. And guess what we're able to do? Man, we're able to eat on our own. So here's the first challenge on this first point tonight. Are you deliberately and diligently digging into the Word of God on your own? Man, I found this. Man, when you begin to get in there and you begin to dig and you begin to study, there is, I'm just telling you, there is no book like this book. I'm just telling you. There's, there's times in my life, man, I had one, uh, I, was, I was going through just something in my head the other day, struggling a little bit, just, just in my head, you know, with a situation. Man, I opened, cracked open my Bible that morning, and I was in Ecclesiastes. And man, it was like that passage that I read a hundred times. Guess what it was for? It was for me on that day. Isn't it amazing how that happens, even following the Word systematically? Be diligent in God's commandments. The next one that I wrote down is this. My heart. Be diligent in my heart. Let me read a verse to you. Proverbs 4.23. This is a good one for you to memorize. Keep thy heart with all diligence. Listen. For out of it are the issues of life. You ever heard somebody say, and this is terrible advice, you just need to follow your heart. You ever heard somebody say that? You know what the Word of God says about that? It says your heart, listen, it, it's, it's deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. 
Man, we've got to be diligent to protect our heart. If you study the life of Samson, part of Samson's issue was when he's talking to Delilah, he ended up sharing. It says that it says this right before he right before he didn't fall into sin because he he was you're, he was already wading into it. It said this he when he had told her all his guess what all his heart he hadn't protected his heart. Be accurate in dealing with your heart. Be urgent in attending to your heart. Protect your heart with all your might. Man, we've got to be diligent about protecting our hearts. The next one is this. We need to be diligent, and this is a very applicable one for us, about ruling or leading. We need to be diligent about ruling or leading. Romans 12, 8. Or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let it do it with simplicity, he that ruleth, and guess what it says there? Guess how he needs to rule? With diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Rule with respect for the people you lead. Lead them accurately and with haste. Lead them with all your might. Nobody wants a leader in their life if they're worth their grain and salt that's just passively going through whatever they're trying to do. Don't you want a boss that gives you your expectations? That says, hey, this is what it is, this is where we're going, and this is what we're doing. Man, don't you even want a ministry? Hey, this is where we're at, this is what it is, and this is where we're going. Listen, your family, this is where we're at, this is what we're doing, and this is where we're going. Man, having, having some direction. If you don't have some direction when you're leading, if you don't show some expectation. You ever had maybe somebody you worked for that just never told you what they expected of you, and then they were mad at you, but they never told you what they expected of you? That don't work. You show up to work and you don't know what you're supposed to do, right? Is everybody, any, am I the only one that ever had a boss like that? Man, or they, they, they give unrealistic expectations. Listen, as leaders and as rulers, whether it's in our family, whether it's in our workplace, we've got to be diligent in communicating our vision, diligent in communicating our expectations, diligent and deliberate in leading those that God has placed under us. Some of us, listen, we've never, have you ever even thought about this? Do you have a vision for your family? I mean, do you have somewhere that you want to see your kids end up? That's a good question. Man, do you have, do, have you ever given thought to, you have <clears throat> 18 years, if you're lucky, with that child to prepare them for the rest of their life? Man, and I, I think sometimes we fail when they're little to understand that when they're four and five years old, we're preparing them for their, when they're 20 and 30. Man, responsibility and teaching them and, and having a vision for their life and praying that God will do something. That's just all I'm saying. I want to encourage you to be diligent and be vigilant and to be deliberate about those things when we're ruling or leading. Here's another one, 2 Corinthians 8.22. And we have sent with them our brother, whom we have oftentimes proved diligent in many things, but now much more diligent upon the great confidence which I have in you. If you go to that passage, the, the context of it is in diligent in their giving. Men, being diligent in their giving. Men, be careful, give carefully and respectfully. Pay attention to the details of your giving. Give with urgency and force. Give all you can give and work so you can give more. And let me just say this. I don't preach a lot on giving and I'm not just talking about money here. Although, let me, you will not outgive God. Somebody better say amen. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. I, I've, man, I've had those times in my life early on where I, was, I, didn't, I wasn't a giver like I should have been. And I don't just mean to the church. I mean to other people. I've learned this. If you are a generous person, and I don't know why, but this is just how it is, God's going to bless you. 
I'm just telling you right now. If you are generous, God is going to bless you. I want to encourage you to be diligent about your giving. Yes, to the church, but not just to the church. Diligent in giving of your time. Diligent of giving of your, your mercy and your love. And Man, just be diligent. Be a giver. Man, one of the greatest things you can do is to give to someone that can't do anything for you. Can I just ask you, when's the last time you've done that? When's the last time you were just a blessing to someone else, maybe anonymously, or I'm just telling you from experience, I look forward to that, and I'm not super Christian on this stuff, but I look forward to that. It's one of the greatest things in the world to give anonymously through someone else and to see that other person being blessed because of your giving. When's the last time you just done that? You know, I believe sometimes as Christians we're some of the most selfish jerks in the world. And you know what God has called us to do? Be radical givers. That's what he was, right? For God so loved the world that he, he gave a lot, didn't he? <laughs> man, that $100 bill sometimes, man, sometimes we're so tight-gripped. Man, sometimes, it's been a long time. Let me just ask you this. When's the last time you were just a blessing to someone else, expecting no one? And I'm not talking about, there's times we're a blessing when somebody can do for, something for us. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking, when's the last time you were just a blessing to someone, expecting nothing in return? When's the last time anonymously you saw maybe somebody in the restaurant that didn't see you, and you just told the waiter or waitress, hey, why don't you, I'm going to pay for their bill over there. Maybe you've never done that. When's the last time you just sent a note anonymously in the mail? And listen, and I don't open anonymous mail because most of the time it's hate mail, okay? It's funny that people, when they, when they want to be a blessing, they sign it. When they don't want to be a blessing, they never sign it, okay? But when's the last time you were just anonymously a blessing to someone? You know, we're to be diligently giving. Paul said this, I will gladly spend and be spent for you. Man, that's what his life was about. Just being a blessing. Man, we can be so selfish. That's all I'm saying. I want to encourage you. Maybe, maybe this is the challenge for you this week. Maybe over this next week, go and just give to somebody without expecting anything in return. Without anybody knowing about it. Without anybody, no, you know, maybe a neighbor, maybe a non-Christian. Imagine that. You know we can be a witness by just being a blessing to somebody that doesn't love Jesus. Have you ever thought of that? Maybe that dude that, I mean, I, I, I got a guy right now that I'm praying for, that when you talk to him, most, I'm talking to the most foul mouth you've ever heard. And he's got a great personality, and he's a good dude, and I'm praying that he comes steps foot in here someday. But I just want to be an encouragement to this guy. I could tell him, I see him a lot, I could tell him, man, don't use that kind of language. I could be a jerk about it, or I could just show love and show grace and try to give to him a little bit of my time and of my words. and my. Is everybody, man, that's all I'm saying. Be diligent about it, about just simply giving. Last, last time, we've got to move on. When's the last time you were just a blessing? I, and you've heard the story. I remember when me and Sarah were struggling financially real bad, and me and that guy that didn't even like me gave us $100 at Christmas to help our family out. That impacted me for a long time. It really did. Um, and so just think about that. Giving. Next, Proverbs twenty two twenty nine. This is a good one. Seest thou a man diligent in his business? Listen to what this says. He shall stand before kings. He shall not stand before mean man. I wrote this down. Being diligent in my work, my business, or my ministry. My work as a believer, listen, is to be, and I'm talking about in our secular workplaces, our work is to be done carefully, accurately, and with speed. I'm to work 
with my might. This is connected to having a good work ethic. And I'm thankful. I mean, I was, I was thinking about our church and even some of the young men in our church, some of the teenage boys in our church. I'm thankful that our culture here in this area is a little bit different than even our church. Our boys work hard. Aren't y'all thankful for that? I'm thankful we got some young men around here, seriously, that aren't afraid to get their hands dirty, that aren't afraid to get out there and get some work done. Here's, just, here's the thing, man. Hard work, just at the end of the day, you may not, it may not feel like you're getting ahead. Anybody ever done that? You bust your tail and you feel you're at work, you bust your tail and some lazy tail gets the promotion. It happens, right? Some person that's lazy, cheat, man, they get the raise. At the end of the day, I'm just telling you, at the end of the day, that hard work always pays off. As believers, we should, we should be the hardest workers at our, at our job. We shouldn't be stealing from our employers. Man, we ought to leave it all in the court. Our testimony. Don't go witness at your work if you're, if you're sitting down when the boss turns his head. You can tell somebody you love Jesus and you follow God when the boss turns his head. You're sitting down. I remember basketball practice. When I went to Christian school, I used to, did anybody else ever have to run them suicides? Y'all know what those are? Y'all know what suicides are? Well, you got to run over here, touch that thing, you got to run there, then you run first. I'm going to do it tonight. We're about, the way you are acting tonight, we're all about to get up and do them in here, okay? Wake us up a little bit. Listen, I remember we were doing suicides. And as long as we did them, he said, y'all do 15, 15 suicides, we're done for the day, right? Well, we started doing them. Coach turns his head to talk to assistant coach for two seconds, and guess what happened? Best player on the team. The most talented, guess what he did? He started walking a little bit. Well, guess what, coach? Man, he had eyes in the back of his head. You ever had a coach like that? Man, we got ripped. He yelled at us. We were at Christian school and he cussed us out. We need some more coaches like that, praise God. A bunch of babies getting trophies for everything. He turned around, man, we ran for the next hour. I'm telling you, I'm, we were throwing up, dry heaving. They cussed us out. Our moms weren't coming in there protecting us. They was laughing at us. We, we were raised by some mean women back in the day. They said, if you, don't get a, if you lose, you don't deserve a trophy. That's just how we were raised, you know what I mean? But listen, be diligent. We hated that kid. You know why? Because he was slacking. Guess what? Guess who it affected? Everybody else. I mean, if you're on a team at work, people know if you're lazy. You may think you have a good testimony because you don't go the places they go and you don't talk the way that they talk and you don't do all that stuff. You know... Who gives a flying flip as if, if you're the laziest person there? Because you know what your testimony is? It, you might as well be doing what they're doing because you're going to have no influence on them. They ain't going to listen to you. They ain't going to your church. Why would they want what you have? You see what I'm saying? We've got to be careful about that, our work ethic. And then our business. Man, if you have a business, do it with all your might. Be diligent. Or your ministry. Man, I, and I hope this is our heart. Man, I, I'm thankful for a staff that leaves it. These guys leave it all on the court. Man, they work hard. I mean, they want, they want to see our church succeed. They want to do it first class. We, we talk behind the scenes. I know church ain't a business, but it is. We want, why should some doctor, why some, law, some lawyer try to do better than, uh, than we do? I had somebody hand me a flyer today from another church that wanted us hanging in the foyer. I wouldn't hang that in our bathroom. I'm just being honest. I told them that. I said, there ain't no way I'm hanging that up in here. God's business is the greatest business in the world. Why, why would we want our buildings dirtier than some... Secular workplace. Huh? Why would we want people donating their junk? That's my favorite one. You ever heard the story about Tyson's chicken? Some lady uh, called Tyson's chicken, and she had a chicken. She wanted to see if it was still okay, or a turkey had been in the freezer for two years. 
she called the Tyson's and said, you know, would this turkey be okay for two years? You know, it's been two years old. Uh, is it okay to eat? And they said, well, we probably wouldn't eat it. Oh, that's okay. We're going to give it to the church anyways. That's how a lot of people live. Man, it's, man we got to be diligent. Man, to do our stuff to the best of our ability, to the best of our might. Man, our work, our workplace, our man, give it all, leave it all in the core. Our church, I love walking in church when it, man, when you know it's going to be clean, when you know it's going to be ready, when the service isn't just thrown together, and you know it's going to be prepared. And man, it, it, we want to be diligent about those things. How about this one, Deuteron- or first? This is a big one. We got thirteen minutes left. Second Peter one ten. Do we have this one, Philip? Do we have this? Wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence. Now listen, this is an important one. To make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, ye shall never fall. Man, I wrote this down. I need to be diligent about my salvation. Man, has there been a time? And I want you to listen. I know this is a Wednesday night crowd. Has there been a time in my life where I've confessed my sin and repented? And follow Jesus. Believe that his finished work on the cross and his resurrection and that he is who he says he is. I would say this, don't go to hell from here. A gospel preaching church. Man, make sure your calling and election is sure. If you're not saved, don't leave here tonight without getting that settled. Man, don't leave here tonight without getting that nailed down. My salvation. You say, Jake, how do I, what, what do you mean by that? Let me ask you this. If I were to ask you how I could know that I'm saved, would you be able to tell me? Good question. Maybe you need to consider that. I mean, we'd love to sit down with you. That's nothing to be ashamed of. I'll tell you what would be ashamed is not to be diligent about it and not get, man, get that thing settled. Here's another one, Deuteronomy 19.18. And this is talking about the judges during this time. And God, you understand that when, when it came to the children of Israel, when it came to the children of Israel, they rejected God's word, okay? And so God, what God ended up doing is he used prophets, priests, kings, judges to try to point them back to God. And the judges shall make diligent inquisition. And behold, if the witness be false and hath testified falsely against his brother. So basically, man, they, if, if the witnesses came in, the judges had to be diligent to figure out if these dudes were lying or not. Judges, managers, and supervisors are to be careful in making decisions. Man, that's important, isn't it, to have wisdom? You ever seen somebody just make a terrible decision? You ever, anybody else ever made a terrible decision? Man, we need to have wisdom. We need to slow down sometimes and make good decisions. We need to be diligent and make them. You are a leader. Lead with your might. Diligently make good decisions. You know people are counting on you. You know your family's counting on you. And the decisions, and listen to this real close, the decisions you make, guess who they affect? They affect your family. Decisions you make, they affect your kids. You make bad decisions, that don't just affect you if you've got babies. Guess who it affects? It affects them babies. So we've got to think about this. When I'm making a decision, and once I'm married, and I see this all the time with young couples and people that get married and been married for years, man, they'll make decisions, they'll make bad decisions, and right now their mama's raising that baby or that daddy. I know some single husbands right now raising kids because somebody... Made, somebody sat in church like this, heard preaching like this, didn't take what they heard, and made some bad stinking decisions. And I'll hear people say, oh, that would never happen to me. That's who I'm talking to tonight. There's people sat here on Wednesday nights in every church in this country on Wednesday nights that, that didn't listen, didn't apply, 
made some bad decisions. It didn't just affect them, it affected their family. We've got to be diligent. Listen, that, that sin decision you make, can I just tell you, it's not just affects you. It affects your wife. It affects your husband. It affects your kids. It affects your friends. Man, decisions are a big deal. I need to be diligent to make good decisions. Here's another one, 2 Peter 3.14. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may found of, of him in peace without spot and blameless. I wrote down this. I need to be diligent in my relationship with Jesus Christ. I need to be diligent in my relationship with Jesus Christ. In our daily, daily walk, we need to be diligent. Can I just say this? Guard the time that you have set aside to be with the Lord. If you're like me, if I don't guard that time, guess what ends up happening? Anybody else ever been there before? If I don't guard it, and I don't put a wall around it, and I don't put protection, uh, if, I, if I don't put that gate up, man, all these things start coming in, and they take priority over that walk. Man, I've got to take care. That first thing for me, this is just how I have to do it. When our alarm goes off in the morning, you can ask Sarah. I have issues. I'm like a dadgum jackrabbit. I, boom, I'm ready to go. I know not everybody's built like that. Me and Colin, me and Pastor Colin are opposites, okay? I can be up at 4 in the morning. He's just going to bed. But his most productive time, guess what? It's going to be those late hours. We're not all the same, and that's okay. We don't, always have, we don't all have to be the same. But here's what we do have to be the same on. Being diligent at whatever time we're going to do it, okay? If it's in the morning, I have to do it in the morning. If I don't do my Bible reading and have my walk in the morning, I can just tell you it ain't happening. Okay? Once I got in here today, if I wanted to read my Bible, I'm just telling you today, if I wanted to read my Bible once I got here, it was not going to happen. Person after person was coming in today, this thing's happening, this thing's going on, it's not going to happen. Okay? So for me, i got to do it first thing in the morning. Some people, my dad, you know, he had his quiet time every day on his lunch break. He would go to work, he would leave lunch, he'd go out to his car, he'd read his Bible, but he deliberately and diligently did it every single day. Pastor Collins is going to do more of that kind of thing in the evening. Okay? Here's the thing. We all got to have a time where we diligently do it. We've got to protect that time with the Lord. We've got to be diligent. So I want to just challenge you on this one. Those of you that are bored tonight, are you diligent in your Bible reading? Are you diligent in your quiet time? Man, are you protecting it? There's nothing more important. There, let me put it this way. How, how many of you had more than five conversations today? Okay. The most important conversation that you can have Ain't with whoever your text buddies, because I got some idiots that send me memes about every 10 minutes. I forgot to turn off my notification on my iPad, and they're already sending me memes, okay? I'm trying to keep a straight face in church, and that stuff shouldn't even be in the house of God in the first place, okay? I've got friends just like you do. Phones blowing up, talk to people, email, message. I don't even check Messenger. I'm sorry if I ignored you on there, but I don't check it, okay? But here's the thing. My most important conversation ain't with you. My most important conversation for the day isn't even with Sarah, although that's a pretty important one. <laughs> Amen, sis? <laughs> she loves when I call her that. You know what our most important conversation and what yours is? Think about this. If you knew, let's say your son, let's say one of your, son, your, one of your children were, were in the military and you knew they were going to call at a certain time. I remember when Sarah's brother first went to the Air Force and he would call. We had a whole family. It was like something off a movie in the 1950s. That's back when we had real phones. There was no cell phones. You crowd around. You just want to hear. You just want to talk to them. You know, or you remember when you were dating? Those of us that are older, we didn't have cell phones. How many of y'all didn't have cell phones when you were dating? There's a few of us in here. And I, we had, yeah, we did. I remember, and y'all heard me. I used to sit there. We, me and Sarah just listen to each other breathe. You know, it was awesome. 
It's awesome. Just listen to each other breathe. That's back before. That's back when you. That's back before you got married, and you like to just listen to each other breathe. Now, if you're, hey, you're breathing on me, you know, that's how it works now. But man, those important that important conversation. I would have done anything. I'd have tackled somebody to get that phone. My little sister was on that phone. This is back when there was busy signal, and we were too poor to have call waiting, which was a beep that used to come through, and you'd switch calls. Y'all remember that? Some of y'all. I even remember when we had the dial. You didn't have no call waiting. Okay. You're gonna fight to get to that phone. You're gonna, man. You're gonna make sure you get it. Let me. All I'd say this: your most important conversation of the day is with the Lord. I need Him daily. You need Him daily. Man, we need wisdom. James one five says this: If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not. Maybe you, maybe your relationship with your kids right now is terrible, and you're sitting in church tonight. Maybe you need to stop in the morning and say, God, give me wisdom to deal with this punk. Maybe they need to pray the same thing. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? We just need wisdom, don't we? Maybe your marriage sometimes. Anybody else ever have some struggles? Maybe you need to ask God for wisdom. All right, the last, t- two more, and then I want to give you four promises. And I'm just trying to get you to kill time. We ain't even going to get through this. Teaching, Acts 18.25. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord. Let me just say this. This is something we try to do here, something we put a priority on. If you're a teacher, get in the Word, study, teach diligently. Man, be in the Word, teach diligently. Next one, witnessing. I already talked about it at the beginning. Either what woman, having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it? We know that, that parable there. Four promises, real quickly. I'm just going to read these because we're done tonight. Connected with diligence. The first one, it says in Proverbs 10, 4. He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand. And slack basically means not to be careful, not to be accurate. But the hand of the diligent maketh it rich. God blesses diligence. God blesses it. Secondly, Proverbs 12, 24, the hand of the diligent, and notice these words, shall bear rule, but the slothful shall be under tribute, the lazy man. I've had people before, well, preacher, I want this, you know, I want to do this and I want to do that. If we're not faithful in the small things, there's no way we're going to be faithful in the big things. Man, there's no way. If we're not faithful on the little things, if we're not good stewards of the little things God's given us to do, I've said it before, and I've, I've told my staff this often. Listen, if, if cleaning the toilet is above us, the pulpit is definitely above us. Listen, those small things, those small things. If I'm not willing to vacuum the floor, I mean, if I'm not willing to take care of a small thing and to be diligent in those things, God will bless you richly. God will make you a leader. Here's another one, Proverbs 12, 27. The slothful, and that's, that's, that's lazy. I like the biblical word sometimes, though. slothful, you sloth. I'm going to start calling people. Sloth. That just sounds, this has a good ring to it, doesn't it? I'm going to start using that, Matt. Should we? Bunch of sloths. I'm going to do That's awesome. I'm preaching a revival tomorrow night. I may preach a whole sermon. Don't be a sloth. Okay. The slothful man roasteth not that which he took in honey. That means he kills something, he don't eat it. But the substance of the diligent man is precious. You will, listen, if you are diligent, one of the blessings is you will appreciate what you have. Lazy people, you know what they are? They're wasteful people. You ever paid for something for somebody else? Guess what? I found this out. People that pay for their own stuff take care of it a whole lot better. Huh? People that pay for their own meals. How many of your teenagers, if you're like me, you got young adults, all of a sudden they're paying for their own meals, guess what they do? They get a to-go box and they take that mess home if they're paying for it. You think I'm lying? If I'm paying for it, oh, it ain't that big a deal. If they're paying for it, guess what? 
That's why I used to tell, uh, sometimes I'd have some guys that would go with me to eat. I'd pay for it. And then I started figuring something out. They didn't order the same way when they knew I was paying for it. So I never tell them if I'm paying for it or not anymore. You know, all the stuff I was paying for, they were drinking Coke, ordering an appetizer. Is everybody, you know, three adult meals? Then they paying for it. They're getting a water and a junior cheeseburger, you know. Because when you pay for it, what do you do? You appreciate it. I mean, you appreciate what you have. Here's the last one. You will produce more than is needed. Proverbs 21.5. The thoughts of the diligent, listen to this, tend only to plentiness, but everyone that is hasty only to want. That means negligent, the opposite of diligent. Negligence is to put off unto tomorrow, not to be concerned of things done right. Virtually, listen, and these, these principles I'm just telling you right now could be applied in so many areas of life. Wouldn't you love for our kids, if I were to say this, wouldn't you love for your kids to apply what I told us tonight? How many would say yes? Okay, a few of you. <laughs> I'll tell the rest of them, hey, they don't care if you're lazy. If they're not going to be diligent to raise their hand when I ask a question, <laughs> that's fine. Listen, you would love for your kids to follow that stuff tonight. Right? There's probably somebody in our lives that would probably be happy if we followed it as well. So I just want to encourage you. I mean, this is stuff I've been challenged on. I'm not perfect at it. I'm not trying to say I am. But listen, part of stewarding life is just simply being a diligent person. If you're a diligent person in the world that we live in, eventually you're going to rise above. Because there's not many people like that anymore. There's not many Christians like that anymore. There's not many people that just show up and work hard at whatever they're doing. I love the one verse. I'm going to close with it. This is whatsoever your hand findeth to do, do it with all your might. I don't believe as believers we should do anything halfway. We do it with everything. And I'll have somebody every once in a while, you're just a little too intense about church. Or you're a little too, and you're only intense because you're a pastor. No, I'm a pastor because I'm intense about it. Man, I, intense about it. Man, are you intense? Let me just ask you this, and we're done. 731, don't get nervous. Are you intense and diligent about anything? Or is everything just whatever? Man, I want to just encourage you, maybe just take one of these we've talked about tonight and start being diligent. Maybe it's your Bible reading. Maybe tomorrow you say, Lord, you spoke to me. I'm going to just be diligent about that. Maybe it's work. Maybe you have been a little lazy. Maybe you say, Lord, tomorrow I'm just going to try to work a little bit harder. Lord, my walk with you, I'm just going to be a little more diligent and deliberate about it. That's all I'm trying to motivate you to do. Maybe your ministry, instead of, oh, nursery again. Man, it's nursery again. Oh, church again. Oh, it's church again. I get to go and serve. Man, I get to go help. I get to be a blessing. Man, I get to bless somebody else. Man, just to be diligent. Maybe it's your giving. I seem to be more diligent about it. Whatever the Lord, I'm, I'm sure all of us have something tonight. Lord, There's some in my life that he spoke to me. Let's try to, can we try to apply those this week? Try to leave here tonight and say, you know what? He's right about that. When the Lord's right about that, when I need to, I need to make a change here. I need to do a little bit better in this area. So, Can we pray together and we'll go? Do we have anything else, Matt, tonight when you talk about Come on, we good? All right, let's pray together and we'll be diligent to dismiss two minutes late. Father, we love you. And Lord, I thank you for your word. Lord, it's the, Lord, by far the greatest book that's ever been given to us. Lord, I thank you for your holy word. Lord, I thank you that it's, it's the best business book. It's the best finance book. It's the best marriage book. It's the best church manual. Lord, it, 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 it's your wisdom written down on pages for us. Lord, it's God-breathed. It's straight from you. Lord, I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to apply what we've heard. God, I pray that you would start with me tonight. Lord, I pray that I would be diligent, Lord, in the areas that I need to be. Lord, I, I pray for all of us. 
Lord, that we'll be diligent in our Bible reading, our diligent in our prayer life, diligent in our witness. Lord, those three especially, diligent in our giving. God, whatever you've convicted us about tonight with this, I pray that we would make the change that we need to make. Lord, start with me tonight. Lord, for each one of us. God, I thank you for the faithfulness of your people. Lord, honestly, just them being diligent and deliberate about being here tonight. And God, uh, I, I pray that the, your word fell on good ground tonight. Lord, we love you. We thank you for our church. Lord, I pray for these requests Coleman mentioned earlier. Lord, we especially we lift up Helen right now. God, thank you for your goodness to us. In your name we pray. Amen. God bless you. I love you.